So uh, a few things. First of all, I don't know if Sophia has joined us yet, but Sophia reached out to me, mashallah, with some really amazing questions about what we covered last week. And one of the things that Reem, mashallah, or salam alaikum rahmatullah, one of the um, important things for you to know is the more you ask me, the more I'll give you. So my, my way of teaching is to not go too deep uh, for people in the beginning, just because, you know, uh, I want to encourage people to study and to learn, you know, um, slowly. And, and then, um, but the more you ask and the more you engage, the more I'll be able to share. So mashallah, Sophia, uh, if you're here, you can just put your hand up. She reached out to me and she was like asking these really, really great questions. And so I suggested to her what we should do is for people that have really, really great questions, we can try to start meeting also later in the week just to go over any questions that you have about the chapter. So that way um, we're able to cover on Sundays kind of the meanings and the foundational kind of um, ideas that are taught in the chapter. And then we can follow that up with um, a bigger discussion later on. And for those of you who have Oculus, I can even do it on Oculus. We can do it in the metaverse as well as on Zoom, which would be kind of cool. So we'll do it both inshallah. I don't know if she's here, but we will need someone to facilitate uh, that session. So anyone interested, once we choose, I think Wednesdays are gonna be best for me, honestly, uh, Wednesdays or Thursdays. Um, and Ilyas is interested, great. And Ilyas is having his breakfast and I hope he brought some for us too, bro. Mashallah. No, I'm actually um, having my lunch right now. Oh, lunch, oh, okay. But let's, I'll, I'll put it up in the Google Classroom and people can just kind of put what day and time. You don't have to put a specific time, just give like an, a window, like give like a two hour window, like Wednesday evenings, Saturday mornings. Sundays, of course, it's not possible. Saturdays are difficult for me. So weekends and Fridays are like the ER for me, if you will. But what we'll start doing is like, number one, people will need to submit questions at the Google Classroom. They can type them out or they can hold them for the session and then we'll meet later on in the week and just answer like any questions you have. It can be ideally related to the chapter, but also any questions. So we'll just do like an open Q&A based on the chapter, but also like if you have any other questions as well, and we'll do it for like 45 minutes and I'll just I'll just hammer away answers and I'll try to invite some guests, maybe people like Miriam Amir and others. So if anyone's interested, we can have more than one person. We can even assign weeks so that it's like spread out in um, helping facilitate uh, those sessions, that's gonna be great. That's gonna be amazing. Today, Alhamdulillah, we're going to be talking about Surat al-Nasr and there is a lot to be said about this incredible chapter. And what I wanna be able to do is to sort of frame for you, thank you, Imad, um, frame for you sort of um, the kind of context of this chapter. Let's let's just sort of think about how um, before this chapter, and there there is actually a very subtle lesson happening in the last few chapters of the Quran. Because if you think about it, what is one of the things we asked for in the first chapter of the Quran? Like we specifically every time we pray, we ask for it. Who 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 knows that thing that we specifically asked for every single time. 
That's good. It's good to see you, mashallah. It's been a long time. Mashallah. I hope you and your family are doing wonderful. Alhamdulillah. Good. Alhamdulillah. I hope you're doing well too. Thank you. Shakarallah. So guidance is one thing we ask, but what else is it that we ask for? It's right there, right before the straight path, and right before we ask for right after we ask for guidance. It's Allah's kind of the, everything. Hmm? Allah's help. Help. Right, because, and actually, the, <laughs> the word help, thank you for being honest. The word help, what does that mean? If you ask God for help, you ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for help, what does that mean to you? Like right now, if I'm thinking, oh Allah, I need your help, it's like moving easily and not getting COVID in New York City. Like that's, that's, that's like, that's on my mind. Last night, Miriam, it was, let me deadlift 300 pounds. Like, I need Allah's help. Right? So what's interesting is what right now at this moment we're asking Allah for help for may not be the same thing we ask even a minute from now, five minutes from now, two minutes from now, an hour from now, tomorrow or next week. So what we understand is that Allah's help is infinite. But right now I want to ask you guys. No, I didn't hit it. Let me let me ask you guys right now. What's the most important help you need from Allah at this moment? You can just think about it. You can type it if you want to type it. You can share it if you want to share it. But when you think of Allah's help, when you think of Allah's Taala's help, sorry about that. I lost my page. What comes to mind at this moment? And Hamza Mahmoud, the Omicron variant is not good. I mean, to stay on the right path and not be deceived by this world. Absolutely. And I think we have hold on, the climate crisis and how, wow, see, look how and how we really need this help to stop it. Guide us to whatever difficulty I'm up against. Muhammad Ali, help with my schoolwork, keeping me in good health, keeping me and my family safe. Knowledge help me stay on the right path, mashallah. One second, also, I think we have uh, excellent suggestions. Uh, hold on a second, I lost you guys, I don't know how. More focus in salah, right? My salah has not been good lately, man. Too many things in my head. It's always like a bad feeling. To get better at praying on time, yeah. More focus in salah, to get better at praying. These are amazing suggestions. So when you think about it, right? So many different answers. And we're all asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help us. Tells you how like amazing and, and incredible Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to get better at things Allah has told us to do. Also to guide us through any hardship we might have. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make everything you're asking for, inshallah, easy and bring his help for you. So in Surah Al-Fatiha, imagine it's one of the first chapters sent to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We say, we worship you alone. And we seek your help. 
actually, if you think about it, you would, outside of Quran, say, We seek your help and we worship. But now, because worship is so important, and worship is one of the keys to bringing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's help, the outcome is mentioned before the cause. You understand what I'm saying? Because without Allah's help, we can't worship him. But because worship is a key, the key to Allah's help is mentioned first. And that's the first lesson that we take from this chapter, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is teaching us something very important. It just doesn't say, Ilyas, inshallah, we'll get to questions later because we have quite a bit to cover, I'm sorry. But it says, Not only are we commanded to worship Allah, we are commanded to seek his help. So if you think about it, Surah Al-Fatiha is teaching us to be responsible. Have you ever seen, like recently I was at a gathering and some religious people, they were saying, we don't need to get the vaccines. Whether you're pro-vax or vax, don't, I'm not going to get caught up in a cultural war. But they were just saying, like, I'm in favor of vaccines. But they were saying, we don't need to get the vaccine because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will take care of us. That doesn't agree with So your relationship and my relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is based on two things. The first, and you want to remember this, is doing my best to achieve blessings, causes, al-asbab. Number two is realizing that nothing can happen, no matter how hard I work, unless Allah blesses me and blesses that thing. But Allah has commanded us to try. And that's why if you look in the Qur'an, in the second chapter of the Qur'an, when Sayyidina Musa, his people need something to drink, what does Allah command him to do? Hit that stone. If you hit a stone, does water come from it? Of course not. But you have to make effort. In the hadith, a long hadith about the return of Sayyidina Isa, when Sayyidina Isa, Prophet Jesus, gets close to the earth, he will stop floating. He will actually land on a minaret, and it's there in Damascus. If we have any Syrians, it's actually there. That mosque is there with a white minaret. It says that he will land and then walk down the, you know, the, the staircase of the minaret. Why? Because once you're in this world, once you're in the dunya, you have to do these two things. You have to make effort. You have to try. You just don't float, you gotta walk. And then you rely. So I like to tell my students, there are two secrets to this relationship with Allah. You have to try and you have to rely. It rhymes. You can remember this for the rest of your life. Try and rely. Don't just rely. Sometimes also I hear people say things like this, if I go to the doctor or, you know, if I try to treat an illness, this means I'm not trusting in Allah. You hear this from people sometimes. Once, years ago, when I was memorizing the Quran, 
with our teacher there was a classmate of mine we got in the car with the sheikh and the sheikh he put on his seat belt you know everybody put on the seat belt except that one brother and so the sheikh he said to him Anta magnoon, like are you crazy <laughs> and he said no no i trust in allah sheikh i trust in allah allah will take care of me and the sheikh told him that's not from trusting in allah that's just from you being lazy the companions of the prophet remember this hadith especially people like imad and others who are really providing great content to to people who are still very passionate about religion but they may have not aged right it, it's it's great to have that passion and that's one thing i appreciate appreciate about imad's content it's very thoughtful it's very responsible mashallah is that a lot of times what you're seeing online, people are very passionate about religion, but they haven't tempered. Do you know what temper means? They haven't calmed that passion with knowledge. So they're just like, they think the most difficult thing, that must be the answer. So I've seen this online and on social media where people will say like, you know, if you go to the doctor or, or if you, anything like this, this is somehow a sign that your faith and trust in Allah is weak. That's nonsense because you as young people, if you think about how important Surah Fatiha is, because it immediately provides you with, I got to worship, but I got to get busy, right? I got to worship, but I got to slay. I got to worship, but worship doesn't mean that I just sit back and wait. The Prophet he said, race to do good. And he said, take five before five. And the Sahaba, the companions of the Prophet, his students, they said, what, what are the five? You know what he said, Ilyas? He said, your youth before you get old. What does that mean? That means, when you're young, take the advantage of being a young person to do as much good as you can do. Don't think like, oh, you know, I'm young and Allah will forgive me. No, no, don't. That's not a good alibi. I'm putting in work. One time, Umar ibn Khattab, radiallahu anhu, he, he, he saw this old man who had like a rake, kind of like a rake. And his his like his land wasn't finished being plowed. It was like a small plot of land. And Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu, he said to him, what's wrong with you? He said, you know, I believe the Mahdi is coming, so there's no need to like work. And then Sayyidina Umar, he said, even if the Mahdi comes today, and then he grabbed the man's rake and he started working as if to say, look, that doesn't matter. You got to put in effort. So a believer is someone who doesn't shy away, shy away from utilizing whatever Allah has given us to bring and to experience the blessings of Allah's help. Remember this and listen to this hadith. The companions of the prophet, this prophetic narration, they came to the prophet and they said to him, O oh, Rasulullah, O oh, Messenger of Allah, 
sallallahu wasallam, O Messenger of Allah, if we nastarspa, which means if we seek ruqya, we talked about this in the spooky, right? If we seek trying to remove the jinn and like evil from us through reading Quran and making dhikr, or natadawi, or we seek medical remedies, does this violate the plan of Allah? Is this, is this a sign that we don't trust in Allah? The Prophet sallallahu he said to them, Like everything you do is qadr of Allah. You can't escape it. In other words, make effort. Do your best. Those of you who read maybe the story of Sayyidah Maryam in Sultan Maryam, Shake the tree. I saw my wife give birth to my youngest, Ayla. Man, ain't no woman shaking no tree. What are having a baby? <laughs> that ain't gonna happen. You know what I mean? But why would Allah tell her to do that? You gotta do something. My mom was reading Shalom Maryam this morning. And she, and she was actually, she actually told me that she actually told me that exact part, which is very crazy that you were talking about it just now. And that means she's supposed to be here, mashallah. And that means we're supposed to hear what you heard. Mashallah. So from now on, I want all of you to protect your brain, your religious thinking cap from people or even shaitan tries to tell you, you know, you don't have to make effort. Allah got your back. Just chill. That takes us now to the chapter that's in front of us. It's called victory. Actually, the translation, I'm going to adjust it a little. Anasr is help. But Nasr is a very, very comprehensive word in Arabic. It's different than Aum. And here you see something. Aum means to help you with, with like what's around you. I'm going to help you do this thing. So we say in Surah Fatiha, Iyaka na'budu. We don't say We seek your own. The word own means to help you with something around you, some task. The word, and that's what we ask for in Surah Fatiha. It's with an ain, own, a w a n, own. But Allah Subhanahu wa Taala answers this dua that we make in Surah Fatiha was something even more than Aun is Nasr. Nasr is a comprehensive type of help that not only means is it going to help you with things outside, it's going to help you with things on the inside. Not only is it going to be help against things that you know are a problem, it is also going to be help against things you don't know about. So it's more comprehensive than what we asked for in Surah Fatiha, which is a beautiful reminder that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is kareem. You ask, Allah gives you more. Doesn't the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu say, if you walk to me, I run to you. If you take one step to me, I take 10 steps to you. If you come to me a hand's distance, I come to you an arm's distance, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if we think about the context of this chapter, 
It comes after two very frightening chapters. Actually, more than that, think about it. So Tofil, so to Quraysh, they're being helped with their food and their and their and their drink and their livelihood. So Tofil is help against enemies. Remember what I'm about to tell you. If you get this, mashallah. So Tofil, actually, you can even go to Surat Al-Humaza. So to Humaza, how do you deal with people who backbite and slander you? So to feel, how do you deal with the army that's coming at you with these big, massive elephants? So to Quraysh, you worried about your livelihood? Oh man, if I'm a good Muslim, how am I going to make money? So to Ma'un, you worried about the miserly, evil people around you? So to Kothar, you worried about bullies? So to Kafirun, you're worried about those who reject you? Don't worry about these six things. Why? Nasrullah. Now you see how the Quran, even its organization is a miracle. Because those six things that I just mentioned about, those are usually the six things people worry about. That rhyme, by the way. Those six things that I just mentioned about, are usually the things people worry about. Write that bar down. MashaAllah. Straight freestyle. So number one, Surat Al-Humaza. People slander you. They talk about you. Sister called me a few days ago, said people, I do good and the more good I do, people talk more about me. Welcome to the path. Number two, Soto feel like I, I see people sometimes they do really good work online and somebody will call me and say, man, you see that sister? She has this post. She just wants attention. You see that brother? He's doing this work. He's just doing it not for Allah. He just wants to be famous. I like to ask them, did you open up their heart? Like, did you look into their soul with a flashlight and you know what's going on in their heart? Only Allah knows that. So the first we find in Surah Al-Humaza, people are going to talk about you, going to slander you, going to say things about you, especially when you do good. That's the irony of it. The second Surah al you may be fearful of huge armies with amazing weaponry, right? Today, uh, an elephant would be the most advanced drone system. Surah so Al-Quraysh, you're worried about your income, your livelihood. Can be, can be scary. I remember when I first became Muslim and I quit DJing and working in clubs and all that stuff. And I said, man, how am I going to eat? So it's a very real fear. So to my own, you see all the bad people around you at school, on campus, on social media, stuff can get to you at the masjid. People treat you bad at the masjid. It's hard, man. But so to Kotha, number five, you have to deal with bullies. People that make fun of you because of your ethnicity, your language, your name, your color. And then six, Soto Kafi, your own people who reject you, reject your beliefs. Don't worry. Either. Either, in this chapter, we say that either is a word, depending on the context, that should solicit hope or fear. 
based on what comes after it. And Ida in Arabic is hard to translate. It actually means al fujaiya like suddenly. Like when Suhaib suddenly comes, run. I hope you don't run, but I'm just giving it as an example. When the food suddenly comes, eat it. It's like it has this meaning of like, <gasps> but here, imagine those last few chapters, kind of scary, man. It's kind of scary when you think about those last few chapters that we studied. But Allah says when comes, does the next word, if you were one of the Sahaba or you were around the Prophet and you heard the next word, Nasru, and we said that Nasr is the most comprehensive form of help you can think about. A better word is aid. It's like aid. Anything you need. When comes help. Ooh, now, subhanAllah, after you heard after you heard after you heard the one who bullies you is the loser, cut off. You heard to you is your religion, is my religion. You heard and you see those people who push away orphans and verbally abuse them. You heard those chapters. And then suddenly, because at that moment, after you read those last few chapters, you got to say to yourself, like, man, when is the help of Allah going to come to the Prophet? Mecca was hard, man. Mecca, that's why there were no hypocrites in Mecca. Because you couldn't fake Islam. You couldn't fake it. If you were Muslim in Mecca, you had problems. So what does it say? When the help, not only the help, the help of who? The help of who? Beautiful Fatima, good job. Allah's help. Allah's help. Not anybody's help. So here we learn something, and this is what I want to talk about quickly is, what are the signs that Allah's help is in my life? First of all, Allah's help in general is in everybody's life. Our blood pressure is good. Our lungs are working. Our, you know, our physical is okay. The oxygen around us, you know, the barometric pressure is good. Allah's help, a woman, is for everybody. Even for those who don't believe in him. That's why he's Ar-Rahman. The most merciful. But for the person who seeks Allah and lives for Allah, it's a different type of help coming. So let's go back again and look at the previous chapters to understand how we're living. And this is how we should be reading the Quran. We should not only read it word for word and verse for verse and chapter, but also see the chapters that are around other chapters to help us reflect more critically and constructively. Critical of ourselves, constructing meaning from the Quran. So the first we said, It's very normal to have people talk about you. One time I went to one of my teachers like, Sheikh, 
They put make web pages about me. It's not even true, Sheikh. He said, didn't they call the prophet crazy? Didn't they accuse the prophet of being a magician? Then don't worry about it. Allah said to the Prophet, you're not crazy. Don't worry about him. You're not a magician. You have great character. So number one is, it's always going to be enemies. Number two is, of course, let's hope none of us are having to engage an army of elephants today. <laughs> But there are micro enemies that we have out there. Maybe it's our own insecurity. Yeah, that page is crazy. In fact, we found out, Fatima, that that was actually made by uh, Islamophobes. They aren't even Muslims who made that page. It's crazy. So like that, you're dealing with, you're dealing with enemies. There's a web page, 10 Reasons to Avoid Me. It's craziness. Mary Mamir actually wrote an article against that years ago. So you're going to have different type of people that try to attack you. You know, I don't know if Imad is here, but Imad can tell you, like, I'm sure when Imad first started on TikTok, nobody bothered Imad. But when you start creating content that helps people, when you start supporting people, and you actually start doing good, the more good you do, even within Muslims, the more armies will gather against you. That's just how it is. It's surprising. People contact me, they're like, I'm doing so much good. Why are so many people attacking me? Number three, it's very normal to worry about your livelihood. It's very normal for your parents. And that's why you have to support your parents. Understand, I'm a parent. I have four children. I have two adult kids and one two-year-old. And I have one coming, inshallah, in July. Brand new. So, hey, 4.0. But the point is, you worry as a parent. I worry about my children. So sometimes if you see your parents are stressed out, support them. Don't just ask them, I want this, I want this, PS5, blah, 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 blah. That's great. It's normal. You're young. But also tell your parents, like, I really love you, and I appreciate that you work to support this family. Man, that will make your parents year to hear that from you. The next, it's very normal to feel upset about society around you. People aren't living right. George Floyd, all the things that we see happening in justice in Palestine, all over the world, in the United States, is very normal for someone who is living for God to see that and feel upset. Avatar, to deal with a bully. And finally, to have people reject your da'wah. Those six qualities are the qualities of a person living right. And that's why between Surah Al-Nasr, and pay attention, and those chapters that I just talked about, those six chapters, what chapter comes before Surah Al-Mazah? What chapter comes before Surah Al-Mazah? Surah Al-Asr. I swear by time, this is the kind of stuff you're going to go through. 
And if you think about the last part of the Quran and next, next, our next session, we're only going to take a week off and just keep going. Like usually we take a month or two off. This time in spring, we're just going to take a few weeks off and then boom, we're back at it. And we're going to start with Juz Amma. You're going to learn Juz Amma just like this. The last part of the Quran, the last 30th, inshallah. But think about this. The last 30th of the Quran starts in a way that's very different than what you and I understand. When we think about our life, we think about our birth. When I was born, Juz Amma says, when you think about life, think about death. Think about, that's why the first part of the 30th chapter of the Quran talks about heaven, hell, and all that stuff. And then it goes backwards into what? Your creation. Then it goes to what? Asr, to say like, this is how you should look at time. And then it goes back to the dunya. And what can you expect in dunya? The six things I'm talking to you about. If you're living right. The fourth tra chapter is Sota Ma'un, Sota Kawthar. I know Sota Ma'un. So think about it. And it's explained on that. So in the face of all that, Here's something I want you to think about. It doesn't say in the chapter, when this happens, this happens, this happens, this happens, this happens. It says the Nasr of Allah. I have to struggle to explain this in English. If you understand Arabi, meaning that Allah SWT is showing us that the way the Sahaba and the way the Prophet see things now is very different. In the beginning with the Sahaba, not with the Prophet or the Prophets, but with the people around the Prophet, Allah encourages people to learn about Allah through looking at creation. Look at the trees, look at the stars, look at the sun, look at the moon, look at the earth. At the end, because Surah Al-Nasr comes in Medina, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inverts it. Pay attention to this. Instead of having to use creation to understand Allah, their knowledge of Allah has increased to the point that they can see directly through Allah's tawheed to understand creation is different. So they don't use creation to prove God. They use their understanding and knowledge of Allah to understand creation. It's been changed. So it doesn't say either this victory, this victory, that victory, we give you this, we give you that, we give you this. When the help of Allah comes, everything else will be fine. Not everything, oh, all these victories, all this is a sign of Allah. I understand Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so well that I use my understanding of Allah to prove creation instead of using creation to prove Allah. Understand that it's a very salient point in the chapter. It's very deep. And that's why the prophet, peace be upon him, what did he say? That the height of Iman, the highest level of faith is to what? To worship Allah as though you what? 
as though you see him. Subhanallah. Any, I don't know why people would have any problem getting the link. It's on the calendar. It's in the app. It's on the webpage too. Just tell people to go to the class. It's right there under Quran for Teens, live, live links. It's right there. So it should be easy for them, but no problem. Everybody's welcome. But I want you to understand. It's okay. I'm a low worries. No worries. Think about what I just said. Early on in the chapter, or in the Quran, Allah tells those people, look at the camels, look at the oceans, look at the skies, and you will understand who is Allah. In this chapter in Medina, it says, understand Allah, and you will understand creation. It, it inverts this. Because their understanding of Tawheed and their knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has become a light by which they see. Allah says, The one who is dead, and then we gave them Iman, and they begin to see with light. Allah says about the people of Mecca to the Prophet, the blind and the one who can see are not the same. Could the people of Mecca see? They could see. It's not talking about blindness in their eyes. It's talking about blindness in their mind and in their hearts. So in this chapter, it doesn't start by talking about creation to understand God. It talks about God so you can understand creation. That's a higher level. And sometimes you can mess with people, especially atheists. I like to tease them like, yeah, you know, what evidences do you have for God? I said, what evidences do you have for you? You flip it on them. What do you mean? Well, how did you get here? Where did you come from? Well, I came from two parents. Where did your two parents come from? Uh, what did they come? You can just take it all the way back to the point where you get to the laws of thermodynamics where matter cannot create itself. So whatever they take you to is always going to be makhluk. It's always going to be creation. Keep taking them back, taking them back, because now you're using tawheed to understand the life, life instead of using life to understand tawheed is very different. What happens when you make it to Adam and Eve? Yeah, what happens after that? Exactly, yes, or whatever. So if you if you speak Arabic, it's actually very nice. It's clear in Arabic. It's the opposite. So that understanding is bam, profound. And that's why in Surah Yusuf, when Prophet Yusuf is in prison, and those people come to the Prophet and they say to him something profound. They say to him, They say what? Explain to us our dreams. Is translated as we see you as a good doer, but that's not the meaning. The muhsin is the one who worships Allah as though they see him 
even though they can't see him. So what caused them to see Yusuf as being different is that Yusuf wasn't caught up with all the things in the world. But because he worshipped Allah as though he sees Allah, he was able to be above all that. So the same thing happening here in Surah uh, Al-Nasr. Look at the world through Tawheed. Don't look at Tawheed through the world. Also something really interesting, the word Ida means in the future. Because we know at that time it was very difficult for the Prophet Wasallam and his fledgling community it was very difficult for them, man, to, to keep, keep resilience. When the help comes. Don't worry about it. The help will come. There are multiple interpretations about what it means, opening. Most scholars say the opening of Mecca. So at that time, this is one of the lowest times in the life of the Prophet But the Fath of Mecca is coming. It also means, and this is something I heard really beautiful from my teacher. The word Fath actually means a victory in a battle. When you start to pray, what is that dua called that you say when you open your prayer? Allahu Akbar, Subhanaka, Allahumma wa bihamdika. That is called the dua istiftah. The dua of seeking a victory. Because every time you and I pray, we have conquered our nuts. We have won a battle. So what effect could have a lot of meanings. Victory at Mecca, you overcoming you and I are challenges. And when you see people, why doesn't the Quran say, why does it say, it doesn't say when you see the Quraysh or when you see the Arabs embracing Islam, it says when you see humanity. Because here the Quran is making a prediction that not only will Arabs in the Arabian Peninsula embrace Al-Islam, but as Allah describes the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in the seventh chapter very beautifully, inni rasulullahi ilaykum jami'a. I am the messenger of Allah sent to all of you. So exactly Muhammad Ali. You will see, mashaAllah, people embracing Al-Islam. That Islam is not a religion just for one ethnicity or one group or one tribe. It's for humanity. What should you do? What should I do? When we achieve that kind of victory, how do we how do we show thankfulness? Then at that moment, when you realize all of that, glorify Allah. Say subhanAllah. We talked about before the word subhan is from sibaha. What does sibaha mean? Who knows, al-masbah, sibaha means to swim. Nice, guys, because the mind in trying to encapsulate who Allah is, 
will drown, dude. SubhanAllah, like impossible. So when I feel overwhelmed and incapable of recognizing God's blessings, what do I what do I do? SubhanAllah. That's why we say subhanallah. Fasabih bihamdi rabbik. Glorify and say alhamdulillah. Your Lord. Wastalfir. And seek forgiveness. Why? Because there's no way I could ever live up to the blessings that Allah has given me. My daughter here, Shifa, even, even one hair on my daughter's head, my I love my daughter so much, my oldest. Very similar. One hair on my blessed daughter's head. I can never thank Allah for that. That's impossible. So the only thing I can do, oh, Allah, forgive me. I'm not worthy of all this. But you gave it to me. So when the help of Allah comes and the victory of Allah comes, we don't get arrogant. Oh, man, you see me last night? I was slaying. Brother. No, no, no. Subhanallah, alhamdulillah, astaghfirullah. That's why, what's the first thing we say after we finish our prayer? We say, assalamu alaikum. Yo, I'm the greatest. I prayed Fajr. <laughs> no. What's the first thing that we do when we finish our prayer? What's the first thing we say? Astaghfirullah. Why? Because three times, actually, because prayer is a victory that was given to us by Allah. That's why we say Allahu Akbar, because Allah helped us mute out everything else just to pray. And the istighfar is because I'm not worthy of this. So I'm sure there's shortcomings. Innahu kana tawwaba. Allah subhanahu wa says, Kana tawaba, Allah subhanahu wa was, is, and will always be. Innahu kana tawaba, always accepting forgiveness. So we'll stop now, but take some questions. I try my best not to have a favorite child, man, honestly. Uh, Sabina and Alina make a great point. In that case, is Sultan Fatiha a synonym for victory as well as in you are victorious for declaring and recognizing your iman? That's wow. Ooh, look at let's read it again. Sabina and Alina have said, is that why Al Fatiha has that name? Because of victory, Fat Fatih, as in you are victorious for declaring and recognizing your, your iman. That's one meaning. But this week, if we meet again. I'm going to share with you something about Surah Al-Fatiha that will really, inshallah, you will love Allah so much more. Wallahi. So are there any questions or comments? Ilyas has his hand up. Ilyas, please feel free to jump oh, in. I have, a, I have a little, I have a, a story kind of. Um, so I was reading a uh, second verse, uh, and you see the people entering God's religion in multitudes. Um, I was actually talking to this kid before about Islam, like, he thought that what something that he he watches lots of anime and stuff. So um, he thought that he didn't know what angels were. He just thought they were good like Jin. So I was like explaining to him because he just saw on an anime this. Um, and I was like telling him, no, they're like 
they're two different things. And I was, t- I, I, every time I would see him, we would talk about our religion. He would tell me what he believes and I would tell him what I believe. And it was like perfectly fine. But then one day he told his mom and his mom t- told him that it's not good to, um, to worship multiple gods. I never said that I worship multiple gods at all though. Nice, nice man. But you did good, alhamdulillah. Let's take any more thoughts or questions. Um, we have actually a, a session in 10 minutes on Islam and puberty. It's for parents and kids with Dr. Angie Hamawiya. If you guys want to jump into that, she's a genius, um, but she's going to talk about all those things about, you know, when you're coming into adulthood, you know, what you want to be ready for, what you want to think about uh, in 10 minutes. Um, any other questions, comments, or thoughts? Very powerful chapter. It's called uh, The Fit of Puberty. And it, I, I just emailed out the link like an hour ago. So you'll find it in the email, your email. And I can also share it. I'll share it on the, um, I'll share it on the Google Classroom. I missed the beginning when you were talking about the Q&A session, how we'll be conducting it and how would you still like, yeah. So alhamdulillah, again, Sophia is here. Everyone give Sophia like a big round of applause, man, for asking great questions. When you ask great questions, great things happen. Those of you who know me, you know, the more you ask and the more you push me, the better it gets. Right? I don't, I don't get, oh, how you ask me questions, stuff a lot. You know who I am. I'm super sweet. I hate that stuff. So, alhamdulillah, yeah, it's on Swiss. So, Sophia, we were suggesting that we can have multiple people facilitate. That way it's easy. So, we'll put out uh, on the Google Classroom, like, what date and time is best for people. Sophia actually is all the way in Qatar. I don't know how many students we have overseas. We have a lot. So in the future, we actually plan to start doing classes that are more, not only this class, but classes that are better for people like in the UK and in places like Qatar and Egypt and Pakistan, because we have quite a few students. So if you're from overseas, if you can let me know, we're planning on doing a class like it will be late at night here, but easier for people right overseas, inshallah. So we'll put that information in the Google Classroom. For me, Wednesdays and Thursdays are really good, alhamdulillah, um, because I have class at NYU on, on Mondays. Uh, and then we'll go from there, and then I'll be in touch with you, inshallah. Are we going to be doing that Spider-Man thing that you were talking about two weeks ago, I think? I haven't seen it yet, man. I got to go see Spider-Man. Trying to catch that, uh, you know, the uploaded bootleg version. Yeah. Mashallah, I just want to say Jazakallah khair. All for such a beautiful explanation every single week. Yes, and I am going to be contacting your father. I know who sent me that message so we can get started. I promised him. Uh, if you need help getting into the Google Classroom, email me. People on the West Coast, best coast. I used to live on the West Coast. I love it. Here's a great question. In the beginning, you were talking about how we should ask Allah for help. I see myself turning to Allah when I'm going through some hardship and I feel bad because I want to turn to Allah even when I'm not in difficulty. How can I improve my, but that's okay. It's nothing wrong with you turning to Allah in hardship. That's, that's natural. And then, you know, just work on it. The best way to turn to Allah when times are going good is to say, Alhamdulillah, astaghfirullah, as we talked about before. So don't, don't make it hard on yourself, inshallah. Don't make it hard on yourself. That's great. I got- and where I live, we have snow, but like across, like I live on the top floor, so I can see out of my window 
and there's like big like lots of snow on like the edge and it's frozen so it's like if it falls down it can fall and hit someone wow here's a great question how do you that's that's, that's awesome yes how do you reduce yourself to being unworthy of allah's graciousness without feeling like you actually don't deserve you should never reduce yourself you know what we're going to talk about that actually I, I, what i said is not the correct way to think about it if allah has given it to you you're worthy of it if, of course, if Allah has given you it, you're worthy of it. And I think Dakhari is here. I don't know if Dakhari wants to jump in. We just want to give one of our, our brothers, man, our beloved brothers, Dakhari, a big salam and a welcome. I don't know if you're here, Dakhari. He's here. Can you turn on the camera? Yeah, he's on there. <laughs> so everybody, this is one of my best buddies from Oklahoma, Dakhari, and he joins every Sunday. And he is so happy. Uh, Deborah, I think the camera's off. He is the host disabled his camera. <laughs> really? Yeah, but he's on here. <laughs> okay, I just asked you to start the video. Okay, there we go. There he is. <laughs> yeah, alhamdulillah. So Dukhari is is one of my buddies from Oklahoma. He he always follows me wherever I go. And he <laughs> wanted to come and just give salams and say he loves you guys, and this class means the world to him, man. So let's all give salams and expend, extend beautiful dua to Dukhar. If everyone can just unmute and just say, As-salamu alaykum, Dukhari, we love you. That's going to make his day. But um, Dakari is going blind, so he can hear you and he focuses better when his eyes are closed. And you have made him so happy. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward you all. Thank you so much. SubhanAllah, SubhanAllah. So he's going to be with us every week as well, uh, inshallah. And everyone keep him in your du'as. He's an incredible warrior, man. Just just an incredible amount of patience and, and, and love for everybody. We will see everyone next week. I'm going to post some things right now in the Google Classroom. Thank you, Dakhari. I love you, man. I look forward to seeing you, bro. Assalamu alaikum. See him smiling. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah.